Vince is just uh, pre-med for law school. Gotcha. Okay. Right. You know, I don't know whatever pre, you know, you can do pre-med as, I know. There we go. You can do pre-med as an undergrad, but anybody who goes to law school is a poli-sci. <laughs> Got it. There's no math is involved, right? Before, before going off to law school. Uh, let me check my levels real quick. You're having a good hair day. That's a plus. Thanks, man. I just got a haircut. Looking good. When you're wearing a giant, when you're wearing a Niners hat, you're always having a good day. Absolutely. Mm-mm-mm. What do you think of Chase Young? I'm stoked. Right. I'm stoked. Yeah. I think he's gonna. I think like I was. I've always liked the guy. I was impressed with him where he was. Um. Uh. I think. I think he is now, like he said, he's on a team of winners or a culture of winning, uh, which you can't underestimate. You know, I think he's, I think he's going to show up. I just need the rest of the team to also show up. And I, I can't do four losses in a row, man. <laughs> you know, I don't, I can't do that. I can't, I don't have it in me. Um, how have you been? Uh, so far, it's a good week, man. Um, making headway. Um, interest rates, uh, well, this is my only work comment. Um, interest rates have took a, a quick dive over the last 72 hours. Um, looks like yes. they're, they're starting to creep back up again, but it was nice. Um, as I'm help finishing some families projects to at least surprise them with a nice, Hey, I broke your rate lock. So you thought it was this, but here's your early Christmas present. Yes. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll get into this a little bit. Um, but there is, I just saw this today. In fact, I saw this just a little while ago. Um, uh, no, this get past the earning stuff. Um, 30-year mortgage rate, this was three hours ago. 30-year mortgage rate is decreased in the most, uh, by the most in nearly 16 months, uh, becoming 7.61 from 7.86 per mm-hmm. root. Mm-hmm. So, um I mean, still higher than it was, but not as bad as higher than a year ago, lower than, you know, mm-hmm. improving, not good, but improving, improving, I guess we could say, right? Yeah. Hey, I'll, I'll take whatever I can get these days. Um, we, we will talk, we will talk mortgages. We'll talk mortgage rates. We'll talk housing, real estate. Uh, you are the pro and I will introduce you in just a second. But if anybody listens to this, they'll know that we've been sitting on a question for you for weeks now. <laughs> and that question you may know already because uh, I know you listen to this. Uh, would you go into space if offered? Hard pass, man. Hard it, pass. No, ne- never going to happen. I never. It was, it was funny because I heard that question, um, and I was uh, I'm like the world's worst runner, but I, I'm I'm trying to learn how to run. So I was running, jogging down Willow Avenue, and I heard that question in my headphones. I'm like, and I even said out loud, "Hard pass, hard pass." <laughs> <laughs> Caused you to swerve a little bit. Now, no, so, I, so, color, can, so color this in. Why is the hard pass? Elon Musk himself calls you up and says SpaceX is ready to take you to the moon or the space station or wherever in three months from now. Uh, and you say, no, Elon, because fill in the blank. Submarine. Oh, because of the submarine implosion <laughs> thing. Well, uh, it's everything's risk reward, right? Risk. So uh, high risk, not enough reward. Yeah. Low reward, high risk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's cool. Well, I guess I'm alone in this. You know, we were Ryan and I got in too much of the discussion saying, okay, well, what's the preparation like? And 
are we in shape enough to do this? But uh, um, I mean, I, I, the very first thing that pops in my head, this is just a 20 second observation is I remember exactly where I was at sitting in my little classroom when the challenger exploded. I do too. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. I think we're the same, a similar vintage that we remember mm-hmm. stuff. We remember that element. And there are people who are older than us that may listen to this or watch this. And there are people watching and listening to this who maybe don't even know what challenger the challenger was. Um, but it was profound. If you were a certain age, that's for mm-hmm. sure. That's for sure. I'd still do it for the record though. Um, okay. Are you ready to dig in to do this? Let's rock and roll. Okay. Let's rock and roll. Um, so if you, if you are new to this podcast, uh, watching on YouTube or listening wherever you listen to podcasts and maybe even on our website. My name is Brian Ullman. I'm a financial advisor with Ford Financial Group, and I'm joined by a special yet regular guest to this podcast, Joe Catman Perry. Uh, Joe, I will describe first and foremost as a friend of the firm. Uh, technically, uh, uh, Joe is a loan officer with Precision Home Loans. Is that correct, Joe? That's Do I have correct. it correct? Yep. Um, I think I think if we were to dial that in a little bit better, we would describe Joe as a mortgage ninja um, because he is able to make things happen that only people with superpowers uh, can make happen. I believe <laughs> that's very kind. And so if uh, it's so if you're familiar with Joe, if you're a client watching this, you probably recognize Joe from the wine tasting event that we did uh, wine tasting around the world. Uh, Joe's wine skills helped us select didn't help us joe you selected the wines yourself and they were a hit it was a lot of fun and i I hope everybody had a blast and getting a quick spin around the world and trying wines probably would never have ordered themselves nothing nothing but nothing but good reviews yeah i don't know i don't know you know i'm guilty of staying in my i i try a couple things i know what i like i can usually find them on most menus and i stick with it i get in my i get in my rut and uh, stuff like that's good to get out of the rut. And people like you are good to help us get out of that kind of rut. Um, okay. Well, so I think you've become so popular on this podcast because you have a special knowledge and a special understanding of what's going on generally in real estate and um, generally with mortgages. When Ryan and I do this, or or even with other advisors, we we do with we start with a market recap, and then we go to we kind of choose a couple charts and roll through those, and then and we can then move on to some other stuff. Um, I, I, you want to talk with us a little bit about what you're seeing with mortgages? Is it is? I'll, and I'll maybe we'll just kind of blend this all together. Um, you know, mortgage pricing and refinancing is in the dirt right now. Mm-hmm. And is showing no signs of improving. I don't think. Do you want to? You want to tell me kind of what you see here, uh, I mean, or what your experience maybe is? Because you, your experience, you, you're on the, you're on your boots on the ground with this and seeing what's going on. Yeah, literally front line in the trenches. So on the right. chart we're looking at, which goes back ten years on mortgage refinancing activity. You know, it's really interesting. If you were to take this timeline and blow it all the way out to 1994. That's mm. the the equivalent to what mortgage refinancing volume is today. Unbelievable. 30 years. Yep. That's crazy. Well, and I'll, I'll so if you're if you're listening, not watching, I'll kind of describe this chart. It tracks the Mortgage Bankers Association refinancing index along with the 30-year treasury yield, which influences mortgage rates, right? Um, 
And and so you can kind of see the correlation and mortgage refinance. It's correlated with interest rates and refinancing has in, has in, has re, really took off in the last few years. I mean, you can see the spikes on this chart. So, Joe, you go from is it just feast or famine when you're doing um, when you're doing this stuff? Or I guess maybe is it just with refinancing? Um, uh, when families reach out to me on refinancing anytime in the last two years, I know before they even say it, it's going to be one of two things. It's divorce or some unfortunate financial decisions where this is really the last resort. Maybe job relocation, something like that. Uh, that would be like fall under purchases. So yeah, uh, job relocation. Oh, oh you're talking about just refinancing. I so you. yeah, for this chart, um, if you're going to, if a family calls about refinancing, like they would have absolutely taking care of it from 2018 through 2021. Um, so. Yeah. so not a whole lot of refinancing going on. The other chart that we've got, and we can kind of take a look at this is existing home sales. This tracks the, the number of previously owned and occupied homes sold over the last 12 months on a seasonally adjusted uh, annual rate. And then the red dot, the dotted line in the middle shows the average. And you can see that uh, existing home sales have softened, pretty significantly as rates rose in 2022. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is, this is not refinancing, but new purchases. Um, are you feeling, are you seeing this the same way, this kind of softening? Uh, absolutely. Um, and just for, I guess, for context, um, on my answer here is I have my licenses or lending license in 14 different States. So it's not, my answer isn't just what's going on in Fresno, California. It's the same everywhere. And as okay. interest rates have, you know, we're say seven. And then as of like two weeks ago, it hit like seven and three quarters, eight. If a family was borderline on qualifying or, you know, is really having to make certain decisions to buy a house yeah, and rates hit 8%. It was like, I, we just can't do it. We don't want to marry our house and be eating ramen. So a sure. lot of those contracts were canceled. Oh, so, I mean, but that, and that's a prudent financial decision that someone's got to make. Um, it's just an unfortunate one. What are you, what are you telling people who, who are looking for a house? They've been saving for years. They're suddenly, you know, because the flip side is here, the home sales are down, but we also have, you know, I talked to people in their twenties and they haven't been able to buy a house, even though they've saved up for one in years because, uh, places were being sold, sold way over asking they're competing with cash buyers. Mm-hmm. Is there a place for those folks who are still getting started and may just have to bite the bullet um, on a higher mortgage rate than what they wanted? Well, families are making sacrifices. So where it might be, we want, you know, a big backyard or we want a four car garage or we want all of these things. It's like, right. okay, well, this checks, you know, most of our boxes, not all of our boxes, but it's either yeah. this or, you know, another six to eight months of nothing. Yeah. Are, are you finding that people are just saying, or are you maybe even you giving the advice of saying, you know, pull the trigger and we think that rates are going to fall and you can refinance in the next couple of years. Is that a gamble that people might be willing to take or should take? Um, I make sure that families are really comfortable on whatever the rate and the payment's going to be because it's eventually rates will go down, but I don't want to give any, um, heads up that there might be an interest rate drop in the next like 12 months or 16 sure, months because sure. this is the same conversation that happened back in 2004 through 2006 mm-hmm. and then rates skyrocketed and went to 10% plus yeah. and those families were you know unfortunately not do anything yeah mm-hmm. and um you know i think a lot of a lot of parallels get drawn 
you know, when we say like a recession's on the way next year, for example, immediately everybody thinks 2008, great recession, great financial crisis, whatever you want to call it. Um, but I don't think we don't see kind of more generally broadly in the economy that we have the kinds of excesses um, right now that we had maybe in the mid 2000s. My guess is it would be the same for real estate. Do we have those kinds of excesses that need to be bled from the system right now? I don't think so, because um, the issue or one of the many issues that led to 2008 was unqualified people and really poorly. I'm going to use my Dr. Evil quote fingers here. Underwritten. There is no underwriting, but underwritten no, mortgages. You a mirror in your, yeah. yeah. Um, none of those mortgages exist anymore. And then you've got all, all the... Uh, consumer protection laws in place. So we're not going to have bl- neighborhood blight and foreclosure rates like we did before. Well, you could even argue that we, as a, as a country or even society, we've, we learned our lesson from a real estate financing perspective that whether it's new laws or just how banks or home builders are treating this stuff, it was so devastating. People say, no, we're not going to do that again. Well, um, and the other thing that you don't really read a lot about is, um, you know, the, back in those days, there was 100% financing. And when the interest rates um, started to skyrocket, people had zero equity or negative equity. Right. But the reality is um, families' equity positions are, his, are all-time historic levels today. Sure. So if really terrible things happen and push come to shove, I mean, you, you would just sell the house and take the money. Right, right. And and maybe even there's been some uh, some hard lessons where people were just sucking the equity out of their homes to do to put in a pool or go on a vacation, right? Mm-hmm. Um, equity in homes were being used for a period of time. You know, we're this is 15 years ago now, so it's starting to be I don't want to say ancient history, but it's starting to become real history for some people, not for you and me, maybe. No. But, uh, for you and me, it feels like feels like it was yesterday. Yes. Yes. And a lot of people I talk to, I think, feel that when you say recession, boy, that's exactly where they go. And, you know, I my great uncle, he's passed away. But even before he died a few years ago, he was hiding money in books and in the walls. Cash we're talking about. And it's because he experienced the Great Depression and didn't trust banks. And so there are some points in life where the effects are so profound, it 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 alters your course or maybe your outlook on things. And so mm-hmm. um, there are certainly people who are, you know, they, they, they will not use their home and their home equity like a piggy bank. Um, they, they will not stretch themselves. They understand debt and financing and the kind of leverage can be good, but leverage can also be bad. And I, and that is a lesson that's been learned, but not one that's needing to be applied right now because it mm-hmm. seems like uh, everybody's kind of batten down the hatches. Yep. Um, how do you, um, it's a question. I want to ask. Is there a way for someone to be creative at all? Because we're talking about people's hesitation to be creative, um, with financing rightfully, right. Not wanting to lever themselves too much, but are there something, what, what are some of your magic tricks, the black bag of magic tricks that you're able to use to help get financing for people who are having trouble with it? Um, I, I, one example is there's, um, one of my projects within the last 60 days is the person was referred to me and they're a a drummer in a a big rock band, um, travels all over North America. And they said, well, Hey Joe, I've been, I've been declined seven times and I got your name and number is, is the guy that can hopefully make something happen. 
And my my quick comment was, well, are, what tax returns are they requesting? And at, the, at the, that moment, it was just 2020 and 2021. And said, well, of course, that, those are COVID years. You weren't touring. You weren't in the studio. Your royalty incomes are down. Sure. New albums aren't coming out. Um, so there is a way of just taking um, all, you know, a big pool of the money that this person had and just saying, okay, well, this amount of money is in, is greater than the loan amount request by, you know, 125%. And then that right. was the, that was the mortgage. I never even touched the tax returns. See that. And, and that, that, that's the benefits of um, being able to dig in a little bit deeper instead of just kind of automating the process where it's like, Oh, the numbers aren't there. Tough luck, buddy. But you can actually dig in a little bit more and say, okay, let's see what's going on here and why. And maybe we can come to a solution in between either way. Mm -hmm. Um, Are there, you know, uh, when a lot of people, when they, people get a mortgage, that mortgage in turn is sold, right? Correct. Um, Is, is that market changing at all? The, 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 in a way where like Fannie and Freddie aren't buying mortgages in the same way that's causing rates to move higher or things to slow down. Are you seeing anything on that end that's affecting mortgages? Um, I feel like there's needs to be some wood around here. I'm going to knock on my plastic <laughs> laptop here. Um, no, thank goodness. Cause that maybe if you'd asked me that question, like uh, 10 months ago, Oh man, it was, it was awful. There's okay. mortgage companies imploding or closing their doors or just, you know, disconnecting their phones. Um, currently, you know, Fannie and Freddie have increased their, some of their spreads as far as what they're charging. So that's getting seen in interest rates, but the investment market, which is funded mostly by private equity, life insurance companies for any of these funky called non-qualified or non-QM mortgages. I mean, it's as strong as it was before. I don't, I'm not having any issues with funding projects. Well, that, I mean, that's a good thing. And when you say funding projects, are we just talking about, um, are we are we talking about uh, anything other than maybe single family homes? What kind of other projects do you work on that? that uh, for me personally, it's just it's anything that's zoned residential, so single family through okay. fourplex. But one of the other quick things to to touch back on home sales and property declines. Um, I saw an interesting statistic this morning that I mean, one of them has been around for the last couple of weeks. It's um, consumer revolving debt is at all time historic highs. Yes. And as interest rates keep going up, um, the default rates on the credit cards are at all-time historic highs, all the way back to 2008. Yep. And vehicle loan defaults are... Yes, I was, I was going to say that's Yes. That. Yeah. Yep. That one's already started to skyrocket. Yeah. The um, there There's... It do, you don't have to scratch the surface too hard to find some kind of ugly trends in our economic data, whether it... And, and a lot of it, as you would expect with interest rates moving higher a lot of that ugly data begins with purchases or markets that are liquid through financing, mm-hmm. buying cars, paying cars. And I mean, um, some of the defaults aren't as bad as they could be, but w- the idea is that they're ticking up um, just like the unemployment rate in the last few months has ticked up from 3.4% to 3.9. 3.9 is still darn near full employment, um, but it's moved to half of a percent. And it's probably trending higher still. So we'd see fours or maybe fives, depending on what we get for the next few months. So it's going to be interesting to see how that, how that kind of plays. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you, do you work with investors much, Joe? 
Uh, I do. So I'd say uh, a, a number of purchases lately are there's people finishing their 1031 exchanges and I'm financing yeah. the, the replacement property. The The tough one on that is um, being able to identify properties to purchase within your, your time window. Sure. Because, you know, houses might get a for sale sign in the front yard and, you know, sold in two hours type of a thing. Yep. Yep. So that, that's been a big challenge lately. So it's, it's just where I feel like we're living in the matrix. What's up is down and, uh, Good news and bad news. Right. And yeah. 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 Um, that, you know, with housing inventory, the way that it is, you'd think that something's going to break. Oh, yeah. And, well, and here, well, here's the perfect chart. Well, yeah. And I didn't even intend to throw this up here, but I had it in my back pocket. This is a month's supply of new home inventory and lo- the latest read. Now, granted, now real estate is local, right? I mean, just in its nature, and we all kind of know this. Um, and, but, and, and this chart is um, available home sales for the broader housing market kind of through the country, but it's seven months, mm-hmm. let's call it. Um, and, and, um, dropping, I guess not a whole lot of supply though. Right. Mm-hmm. It's, um, that's where you can run in the problem with doing those exchanges. Um, has financing gotten in the way of someone doing an exchange or is it just finding a place to buy? Uh, recently it has, but I could count on like two fingers the number of times it has. Okay. And in those instances that, you know, the people had more than sufficient funds in their accommodator account. So they just wrote checks for those specific houses. So it didn't even submarine the process, even though the mm-hmm. financing stuff started to get in the way. Correct. Um, yeah. It, it, certainly higher rates, higher, if you're financing to invest in a property, higher rates certainly change the equation. Right. The, yeah. I think the one saving grace for me is people are a lot, I think used to current interest rates now. Versus like, say, you know, 10, 12 months ago, if you told someone 7%, it'd be like, oh my goodness, I'm going to make a whole bunch of phone calls. This is, that can't be right. Where now when I say seven and a half, or in some cases, 8%, people are like, okay, well, you know, we can always refinance later, right? So that that's the main thing is just comfort with whatever the payment is today. And people seem to wrap their heads around that. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it takes time. I mean, the Federal Reserve says higher for longer. And so the sooner that we can get, you know, I, and I think the reality here, and you might disagree and you tell me if you agree or disagree, but, you know, rates may not stay a mortgage. We may not have 8% 30-year mortgages a year from now, but we probably also aren't going to have 3% 30-year mortgages. Yeah. Right. Um, if we ever do in our lifetime, I'll say never, I'll never say never. Uh, but it, it, the reality is we're going to have higher than we used to maybe come down off the peak a little bit. Um, but the sooner that you can, we can all wrap our heads around the fact that rates are going to be higher for longer, as the Fed is explicitly saying, um, that probably kind of um, helps with this cognitive dissonance that you've got where, you know, you want this one thing and it's not that way anymore. And right. uh, I wish it could be different. You know, you got to say, this is what we've got and here's what we've got to work with. Well, and I think if you just zoom out on it and look at maybe a historical average at five and three quarters, six percent, you know, and if you just delete out the last couple of years, be like, wow, that's actually a really good mortgage. So I, I honestly think at the end, after all the dust settles, that's where we're going to be. You think so? And and what do you think? So if we start to let's say we revert to the mean over the next, I don't know how long it would take. Let's say twenty four, twelve to eighteen months. Mm-hmm. We rates come down from five seven point eight to six. 
you think you'll find a lot of people getting off the sideline and saying, well, you know, this isn't what we hoped for, but this is a lot better than what it was. Let's go. Let's buy. I wouldn't, I don't know that I would say a lot of people, but I would say it's going to unlock uh, some inventory as people decide we, you know, there's seven people in a 2000 square foot house. We just, we got to do something and it's better than it was before. I think that's the, those are the cases that will happen. They can stomach it. Whereas they Mm -hmm. couldn't stomach it before. Right. Nice. Well, who knows, right? Who knows? Maybe if prices come, maybe with this, I, I mean, we see the home sales dropping. If you get a little bit more inventory and a little less buying, I mean, it's econ 101 that could cause prices to drop, which could make up the difference for the higher rates, mm-hmm. right? If prices come down, it's just that thing where everybody's locked in, like you've said before, with his dirt cheap mortgages, no one's leaving. That's the part that's got to give, right? right. Um, and that might take some time. I, I think years on that one. Yes. Yeah. Years, years. I think that's, that's true. And so we're kind of, it, it, we're in this twilight zone real estate market. Um, just quickly, I, I didn't put this in any of the notes that we had talked about before, but you're, I do want to touch on this because it's something mm-hmm. you're familiar with. Uh, there was a recent ruling about uh, against an, it was the national association of realtors, I believe, mm-hmm. and a couple real estate brokerages um, about the, the lawsuit was about how, commissions are paid to realtors. Mm-hmm. Um, and the effect could be that it it changes the way people pay or realtors are paid to facilitate real estate transactions. You experienced a little bit of this in your field. Mm-hmm. Am I right? Yep. Back in 2012, the government stepped in and put um, uh, uh, commission caps on loan officers Okay. To where before it was, you know, a percentage of the loan amount is, sure. you know, what you'd be compensated. They just went to a flat fee is what you got. So, so last week's ruling, ruling is similar. big. And yeah. realtor compensation hasn't changed in decades. And I don't know any other major industry that hasn't had any type of change in compensation. Yeah. Um, yeah. Fee compression is what a lot of people call it. Right. Um, and a lot of it's been driven by technology where things have become smoother, easier, a lot more DIY. I don't know that real estate is necessarily that way because you and I know a lot of real estate. We know a lot of realtors mm-hmm. and a good realtor is worth their weight in gold, or at least in my experience. Like I <laughs> I don't know what I would do, would have done in times of real need and real help without the people who have helped the realtors who have helped me out in the past. Um, but it's interesting because there's this idea that um, Scott Galloway is a is a um, he's a business professor at, at um, NYU, and he's kind of a commentator on things on online. And he said that he has said that um, at industries that um, charge more and deliver the same uh, have their chins out to get kind of knocked off. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, because they've, they've just charging more, not delivering more value. And he's given the example of uh, like uh, FedEx and UPS where Amazon finally says, you know what, this is too expensive. We can, we'll do it ourselves. Um, mm-hmm. that, and so you're ripe for disruption, higher education. They're charging more, delivering the same. That's ripe for disruption, right? For Google to roll in and just do Google university and you learn how to program or something. Yep. Uh, this strikes me a little bit as that with the realtors, right? Not a, even though we have Zillow and Redfin and all these other online capabilities where people can kind of shop on their own where they couldn't 20, 30 years ago. Um, 
the pricing structure for realtors hasn't changed. And that's about to change. It sounds like uh, it's going to be a huge thing. And I, and I, I don't disagree with it at all. So having a great agent in your corner is, is key, but I think it's one of the many things that's helped contribute to housing market and prices because the way that it's been, I'm just going to use the kind of the general rule is the seller pays the commission for both of the agents. And so right. the, the lawsuit is the non-negotiability for the buyer sure. that they're going to end up paying a higher price and ultimately higher property taxes when they never had a choice. So I think the they're probably going to go to a, this is not just a Joe thing. This is literally what's in a a number of different publications. They're going to go to kind of like a loan officer. It's going to be a flat fee or an, and, or a cap on how much money can be paid. And most likely, yeah, buyers will end up having to pay for their own representation, which is how it works in other countries. Yeah. So we're not reinventing the wheel. We're almost (laughs) like getting up to what would be considered the norm around the world. It's just, we've been doing it dark, I don't say archaic, but we've been doing it the old way for a long time. And it's probably, it's probably due. I think, Do think one, of the other, oh, one of the other quick fallout things I thought I saw from a Reuters report this morning is they expect there to be 1.2 million realtors that will like leave the industry and going to more of like a DocuSign, LegalZoom, Zillow, a hybrid type of a deal. I, I yeah. thought that was really interesting. I, I think it too. I, the way some I saw it described is, you're going to have the realtors who don't don't do much business and maybe aren't high producing, high hardworking. You know, there are a lot of um, I won't even call them realtors, real estate agents, or whatever they are. You know, it's it's kind of all, I don't want to call it a side hustle, but a bit of a side hustle where they mm-hmm. sell a couple of properties a year and maybe their income is independent on it, and it's because they get these big commissions that come and you know you can sell a couple of places and and make a tidy living for yourself. But once you cut that off what happens is the bottom quartile drops out of the entire industry. And mm-hmm. so the, the winners continue to win and the, and the, the kind of people on the lower end uh, fall out. And so kind of almost concentrates the industry a little bit, maybe. Absolutely. And that's exactly what happened. Like I say, in, in mortgage banking back in 2012. Is it? So this is like carbon copy. What happened in Pretty mortgage much. banking is now about to happen to real estate and real estate agents. Yes. Interesting. Yes. But well, yeah, that that one point eight billion dollar judgment that might balloon to five billion, I was those numbers had my eyes bulging out of my those head. Those are eye popping. And and most people walking around aren't familiar with this. Aren't familiar mm-hmm. with so many, many don't even know that they're paying somebody or that they're paying the other person, right? This is this is news to a lot of people. It'll be interesting to see how it how it develops. Um uh, let me change subjects. This is kind of an inartful transition. Um, but we all, Ryan and I always finish with what, what's on your mind this week. Mm-hmm. Do you have anything on your mind this week? You know, I, I have been really mindful. So as interest rates hit 8%, you know, I, I do have extra time on my hands yeah. and normal Joe might be out like pruning my roses or chasing kitties around, but I've been, um, as the world gets super crazy, I have uh, a number four different friends that struggle through some mental health issues. Yeah. Um, so as far as what's on my mind, it's been, you know, being a, a wise steward of my extra time and checking in with those people, spending time visiting and having one-on-one time and, and, and not, and being present and being a good friend. So as far as what have I been very cognizant of, it's, it's reaching out to those that I, I know that need it. 
the mental health of others. Absolutely. That's awesome. That's a great, that's a great, that's a great thing that is deserving of our attention, right? Of our, of our limited time. You can waste it on a lot of stuff and it's better spent doing that than doing other things that are less productive. That's Mm -hmm. I'll hand it to you for that one. That's great. Um, I, uh, the thing that's been on my mind lately is I've, uh, I'm, I'm trying to start a new year's resolution early. It is, is it? it is November. I'm trying to be, I'm trying to get healthier. Good. All right, man. I'm proud of you. Big, I mean, I know like, uh, what is it? Like, um, a goal without a plan is not a, is a wish or a dream or whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, On the right track. But what, so whatever the saying is, I'm, I'm, I'm working out three or four days a week, lifting weights, Heavier weights than I'd be doing. Yeah. Um, definitely watching what I'm eating more without trying to go crazy, but just like lots more protein, a lot fewer carbs. I've essentially stopped drinking. Um, but for some wine during my anniversary. Uh and you know, figuring, you know, this is we're we're as some people are listening to this and watching this, we'll be barreling into Thanksgiving and me trying to think, okay, well, I'm gonna be good for now and figure out how nuts I'm gonna go. <laughs> On Thanksgiving, and my guess is it's not going to be too nuts because after eating pretty clean and not drinking for like six weeks, I don't know if I've got it in me to go ham. No, <laughs> so I'm, I'm super proud of you that it's uh, it's all mental, you know, and being and having uh, the fortitude to say no. I mean, yeah, I'm yeah, and it, uh, you know, and there are tricks and things, but sometimes for me, it's been a lot about just. Um, getting out of my bad rut and getting into a good rut. And I don't mean rut in a bad way. It's, it's about momentum almost. And a routine. Listen, a routine. I've been at this for about 10 minutes and I know you are in fantastic shape. Um, and you've been at this for a very long time. And so I, I don't claim to be an expert on this. I'm just starting on, I'm early in this chapter of the journey, but it's about, it, you know, once you start, start breaking the bad habits and good habits become your new habits, mm-hmm. you get that momentum going and it's a lot easier to do. And it's something going to the gym is something you look forward to versus I, I would always say like going to the gym or going to church, it's all the same about an hour before you're supposed to go. You're like, Oh man, I don't want to go right now. And then you go and you're like, Oh, I'm glad I read. I'm really mm-hmm. glad I did that. Yep. But if you can reframe that and you can say, I'm looking forward to going to mass on Sunday, or I'm looking forward to going and lifting some weights and being sore the next day. Like it, 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 if you can change that framework and get into the good rut, if you will, it's been the, it's been the difference. So I'm going to try and keep this up. Awesome. Yeah. 90%. No reason to wait till January to do it. Let's go. Let's do it now. Exactly. Get it. That's right. Okay. I'm going to leave you with one more thing before we go too long. What don't you spend enough time doing? You know, one of the things that was on my um, 2023 to-do list was to read more. And I read all day, every day and news and all that kind of stuff, but like free reading, like I'm a big Tom Clancy fan. Okay. Um, I have a whole stack of books sitting right over here, still in wrappers that I need to read. So I, that's that's what I want to do is read more. Nice, nice, nice. I um, I would, I, I would say, probably, I'm going to, um, I'm going to copy you on this one. The thing I, the thing I need to do, it wasn't necessarily a resolution of mine, but I've got a stack of books on my to do list. Whether it's Rick Rubin's book on creativity, I'm reading. You know, I've got the Sam Bankman Fried book that I'm almost done with, but there are 
a bunch of interesting books. And I find that in the evening, I do other stuff than turn off the TV yeah. and like sit down for an hour and read. So Same. maybe next time we convene, we'll, uh, we'll do book reports. Uh, accountability partners here. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Very good. Joe, thank you again for doing this. I yeah. know everybody loves to hear from you. We'll do it again maybe after the first of the year. Always a blast. See man. where see where the world is taking us in January and February of next year. Absolutely. Well, I'm proud of you. Keep up the good work. You as well. Keep, until next time.